Good evening, good evening. My name is Overseer Chris. You're listening to Encouraging Your Spirit, the podcast, and or watching it. We thank you so much for tuning in. It's our Faith Conversation Series. And as promised tonight, we have a wonderful guest, and I will share his information with you before we get started. Tonight, we have Jacoby Minister Jay Gray, an African-American man of transgender experience, who is also a licensed, ordained Christian minister and founder and or chief operating servant of Born to Battle Ministries. Being reared by his grandmother and mother in a very strict Christian Pentecostal home, his knowledge of God's word and love for God's people began at a very early age feeling the hand of God calling him to minister to hurting people at the early age of 11, Minister Jay began a journey of developing a closer relationship with God, God's word and the will of God through many different teaching mechanisms within the church that he was raised. Near the end of 2019, Minister Jay heard the voice of God leading him to begin a virtual prayer ministry every morning before going into work. In February of 2020, Born to Battle Ministries was officially established to provide a prayer covering known as the Battle Cry Prayer and to give an encouraging word to God's people. The ministry is growing and expanding, being led by the hand of God, beginning to incorporate outreach and covering for those who are experiencing loss and grief. The community of believers concentrate primarily on the LGBTQIA population, but is open to all, regardless of sexual orientation or gender identity. Minister Jay is currently in the process of seeking a 501c3 nonprofit status in order to reach a large part of this marginalized demographic in the process as well of authoring self-help and self-motivating grief and grieving handbooks we welcome we introduce to some and present to many and all our guests for tonight's faith conversations minister gray hello hello thank you so much for um including me in this faith series it's such an honor to be here tonight it's great to have you now uh we'll start with our icebreaker questions if you had a superpower what would yours be my superpower would be healing all right tell me about that um, it would be that. healing because that's so many different areas where people are hurting or he, mm-hmm. people are broken and mm-hmm. whether it's physical mental spiritual relational whatever mm-hmm. it is if i had a superpower that could heal all of that regardless of whatever else is we're facing in the world that would be mm-hmm. one less thing that would cause all the things that we do face to be even more compounded so i would okay. definitely be a healer that's awesome awesome word association if i said alignment to you what would you say spiritual purpose teaching vision write it (laughs) same to that serve servant and service all of that sounds the same to me (laughs) okay and and lastly faith prayer pray all right it's an honor and pleasure to speak with you, to have you on our show. Now, I watch you on the, or and or hear you on the, um, the Facebook uh, watch series when you do the, the Born to Battle um, prayer. But for many of our listeners who may or may not have um, heard or, or, or 
heard of you before, heard of that, or participated in any form, would you um, share your story uh, as far as what it's been like for you to to launch uh, Born to Battle? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So Born to Battle Ministries, as stated um, so eloquently as you read that in my bio, um, mm -hmm. it actually started off as just a prayer um, call. And um, eventually, over time, um, God led me to launch it into an actual Facebook page. Okay. And so throughout that page, I've been able to um, incorporate prayer and encouragement um, to God's people. Okay. Um, I attempt to do it early in the morning before people get their day started so that there's um, a motivation even before the day gets started and people are faced with different things. Well, mm -hmm. over the course of the time since the um, show or the program has been implemented, there have been many prayer requests that people have sent in to me um, i've been able to um, co um, connect with people who have lost loved ones especially during the pandemic time there mm -hmm. are so many people even now that are still losing loved ones or loved ones are um, in the hospital and so because of the ministry being available people are actually able to reach out provide names to request prayer um, and just a slew of different things that um, they're facing every day and I believe with that, it gives a connection to spirit that sometimes people don't always get because we get in the hustle and bustle of life. Right. But being that is, um, God has given me to start this virtual prayer, it allows people to be able to reach out from their own comfort zone mm -hmm. and to provide the information that they want to provide. But at the same time, letting it be known in the atmosphere that they are seeking prayer and that mm -hmm. they are looking for an answer or a solution to whatever right. they're dealing with. Right. That is so true. That is so, so true. What does faith mean to you? Faith to me means believing what you ask God for. Not mm -hmm. only what you ask God for, but believing that whatever he instructs you to put into action in order to make that happen, you're willing mm -hmm. to do that as well. Okay. okay. What's it like to lead and or serve in ministry? Are there any things that you wish you had known or key lessons that you're learning as you're, you, you're, you're going through? Well, it's always a growing process, always a learning process. Um, although, as I stated, um, I've been in ministry or known of the call to ministry since around 11 years old. There have mm -hmm. been different things um, that I've experienced in life that has caused me to view things differently. Prime example, being raised in a, a African-American Pentecostal church, mm -hmm. there were certain things that were so rigid uh, amongst the, um, the religion itself. But what I took away from that was my foundation started there. Mm -hmm. Being reared that way, I was able to develop my own relationship with God. From there, I was able to develop learning the word of God and being able to understand different parts of the Bible that some people don't actually understand even before having any um, school knowledge or any educational mm -hmm. knowledge. Right. And so over time, though, I have learned and I've grown to understand that the rigidity that was within the religious walls does not necessarily represent spirit itself. And right. there's so much more outside of the box than what we place God in when we look at a religion um, or when we look at bylaws behind a religion or something of that nature. So being in ministry, it's a constant growth, education. Um, you learn a lot of different people, personalities, you know, mm -hmm. depending on even if you've interacted with that person before or not, if you're mm -hmm. going into a situation where they're experiencing loss or they're, mm -hmm. they're grieving or they're in a dark place, 
that is a different atmosphere than maybe what you saw them in before. So mm -hmm. you're growing and learning even more about that person than you knew before you got into that situation. So True. it's just a constant growing process and you have to be willing to grow with it in order to reach the hurting people. Yeah, I definitely can understand that. I, I definitely understand the, the experience of uh, rigidity. rigidity. Uh, growing up uh, in Christian Methodist Episcopal uh, was the faith that I grew up in uh, childhood and with ministry leaders and laity in my family, you know, we, and then I think it's also the fact that my parents are teachers and um, my dad would have Thursday night Bible study <laughs> with the Our Daily Bread and, oh, you know, yeah. you'd have to, <laughs> we'd start with that, <laughs> but, you know, my father, um, he would read a scripture and ask you, and to this day, he still does that. What do you think about that? Why do you think that? Now, this is not, you know, you're growing up through this process. It wasn't necessarily always, okay, well, the Hebrew word and the Greek word and the Latin word and that, you, you know, it wasn't that. It was just, you know, what do you think about that? Are you sure you think about, you know, so you had to explain and talk about the scripture or then, you know, you know, as most our daily breads, they have like a story or something that goes along and then they'll bring the, the scripture back in there and then they'll have the prayer. And then, you know, with my dad, he would ask, well, do you agree? And then you share, a, you know, either A, you agree with the story or you'd be like, well, I see it this way. Or, you know, sometimes you don't. Sometimes it's like, well, this is this is what I get, get you know, get from this particular scripture. So it was just those experiences in my own life that made me, you know, really interested in what the scripture said. And then I think later, because it was, you know, seeing me and then I went to non-denominational experiences and it was just really taking time to read the scripture and then try to focus on the who, what, where, when, and why and the context. And then I think especially one of the challenges, which is a gift and a curse and something that you continually grow as you're talking about growing in the um, LGBTQ community is that oftentimes scriptures versus have been weaponized against people. So sometimes, even though you're trying to share the scripture and it might be impactful for you, me, us, other people have you have, have had it used as a way to uh, to beat down on them. So it's kind of like they can't hear the good news. <laughs> uh, they can't see the good news. And like you said, it's also an experience, I think, when you were talking about grief, because I think when, when I think now, when I think about grief, this grief because you know loss of people we think of COVID. we think of people that have lost spouses friends you know whether it was that or not you know grief of expectations grief of relationships grief is so you know wide in array and it comes at so many different times so and then i also think about their recent experience of having uh friends that lost spouses and then uh just thinking about how that's a lot, you know, when you think about this is the way that I envision my life and then this is now how my life is or people that have lost jobs. And I guess when I was listening to you talk about grief, I was wanted to ask, you know, what tools do you provide? I know the you know, prayer, I definitely agree with you, prayer is essential. Um, are there any other tools in addition to praying and, and reading scripture that you provide to help people through a grief process, whatever it may be? Absolutely. So what I've discovered and most of what I have discovered regarding grief has been a learned process, not so much 
<clears throat> excuse me, not so much an educational process, but a, an actual life learned process. Mm -hmm. um, it kind of really began when my dad passed away in 2019. Oh, yes. When my dad passed away in 2019. As I stated, being raised, um, well, let me give a little bit of my background as well. Sure, um, sure. My great uncle was one of the founders of the Church of God in Christ. Mm -hmm. And so my entire life, the lineage of my family has all been based on preachers and elders and superintendents and missionaries and bishops mm -hmm. and, you know, all of that. So that was how my life went. Mm -hmm. So when my dad passed away, a large part of my family were still in the mindset of, well, he's in a better place. Well, he's no longer hurting. Okay. I have nothing wrong with people having that concept. But in that moment, I did not care that they said that he was in a better place because right. I wanted him here with me. Mm -hmm. So over the course of the, the reality of what I was facing, over mm -hmm. the course of being mad at God, mm -hmm. I had to learn that it was okay to be angry with God because God can handle it. Right. We sometimes make it seem as though we shouldn't question God or we've been taught that or we shouldn't um, have emotions that are negative toward what God chooses to allow to happen in our life. But we have to realize that when God made us, he made us all human when with our humanity comes emotions, mm -hmm. feelings, thoughts, right. and none of the emotions that he gave us are bad because mm -hmm. everything that he created is good. Mm -hmm. So if he gave us an emotion of anger, mm -hmm. if he gave us an emotion of being hurt or even a part of being sorrowful and grief, then right. he is big enough to handle it. So right. over the course of me losing my dad and then some more bits that, I, that have transpired, I've learned to see grief as a reality and mm -hmm. not just a spiritual mechanism. Right. When I pray for people regarding grief or loss or illness or whatever it may be, actually prayer and scripture are a very small part of what mm -hmm. I try to utilize to help encourage that person. Okay. I have had a lot of people that have actually come back to me and been so thankful that I have approached them with reality and mm -hmm. not try to approach them with spiritual scriptures and things of that nature. Sure. As I stated, I always, always have prayer as a part. Mm -hmm. I usually try to incorporate some form of scripture, just depending on the situation. Right. But right. most of all, I just try to be real with them and mm -hmm. let them know that I understand it's okay to be angry. Mm -hmm. Don't allow anyone to tell you how long you should grieve. Yeah. Don't allow anyone to tell you that because you are grieving, it is wrong. Right. Don't allow anyone to tell you that because your grandmother was 104 years old, that at least she lived a long life. You do not have to accept those things because mm -hmm. your reality and what you are feeling at that moment, when it's you valid. lost that job, when you lost your income, all of your feelings are valid. valid. And so you can walk away from even their best intentions and only take away what works for you. And if what they're saying doesn't work for your situation, instead of getting angry at them, just take away what you can gain from that that you can see maybe down the line that you can use a little bit better. But right. scripture and prayer are a very, very small portion right. of what I try to utilize to encourage people. Right. I, th I, th I definitely understand that. And I think that's that's absolutely wonderful. And I think that's great, too, that people that you are incorporating the fact to allow people to hold space and allow people to lament over whatever the situation or experience is. I also like that concept of knowing that God is with you 
and identifying that sometimes that even knowing that God is with you and beside you when you're experiencing whatever that is. I know we're talking about grief. You know, sometimes you you want that person, you want whatever that thing to have gone a different way, better. I don't know necessarily the word for it, but you don't necessarily want what's happening, even though you know it's a process. You know, people die. You we know all of that, and I know you like you said, people have well-meaning intentions, uh, but but you know sometimes that's not comforting, and then just trying to to adapt and meet people where they are and provide the tools and resources that they need. And I definitely like that concept of he is with you because that, and it's interesting that you bring that up because I was literally have been thinking about that all week, not necessarily in the context of grief, but it, I get inspiration from all kinds of things. So this past during the holidays, you know, the downtime you're watching television and there's this series that, that was on the Hallmark channel and everybody goes through some period of grief or some period of loss and they have some faith piece in it. You know, maybe, maybe not. It depends on the person. You can say that it is or it isn't. But the interesting thing is I remember this scene where they were talking about the person had was farming and was waiting on uh, was hoping for water. And he had also had bad things happen with loss. And his father was trying to, you know, talk to him about, you know, the goodness of God and how, you know, that this really wasn't as bad as he thought. And he was like, how can you say that? You know, and then I thought about that again in the context of what you're saying that, you know, it is okay to be angry, you know, with God in the sense. I know that's fiction on television, but in reality, in real life, we can be angry and upset you know, whatever is going on and still, you know, hold space for all of the emotions that we have to know that, you know, it's okay. And I think oftentimes what's missing or what's not talked is that period of lamentations. It's however long it is. It, it, it's, it's not necessarily immediate and comforted. So I find that fascinating. How have you seen God's goodness? Just in the ministry or in general? In both or whatever you want, would like to share. Well, in ministry, um, I've seen God's goodness because there have been times when people have called and their loved one has been suffering or they themselves have been suffering. I have a friend, as a matter of fact, right now who um, has had, was diagnosed with cancer. She ended mm -hmm. up having to have um, a mastectomy. Mm -hmm. She's been stricken with a lot of different um, infections since then. Mm -hmm. But this last week, I've been praying with her, praying for her, being a shoulder for her to lean on. This last week, she got out of the hospital for the final time and got a good report. Okay, and the big time. thing about that, not just the good report part is what makes me think that it's a good thing. But the good part about it to me is it's encouraged her mentally. Oh, that's because good. Because through the illness, through the infections, through the hospitalizations, that's a lot for a person to have to go through mentally. Right. And right. you can talk to them all day long. You can give them the best words all day long. But that mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to still be able to move forward right. from what they're experiencing. So to me, right. it's a double victory because not only did she get a good report, but her mental status is increasing. And I just say all of that is because of the goodness of God. Okay. You know, not only um, through prayer, not only through scripture, but God allowed me to be there for her. Mm -hmm. You know, it could have been a situation to where she had no one to talk to, right. no one to be there for her. So mm -hmm. I just say all of that is the hand of God, whether it's scripture related or prayer related or not. It's all a part of life. And at the end of the day, if we're not living, then we, we have no no value here on earth at all anyway. 
Right. So a part of life is getting through the situation in order to move forward. Right. Yeah. And in my own uh, personal life, I would just say the goodness of God has been so many different aspects. Um, throughout my life, there's I've experienced a lot of loss. I experienced homelessness. I've experienced loss of relationships. I've experienced loss of family members. But through it all, God still finds a way to keep me moving forward. Mm -hmm. You know, I've developed such um, a broader sense of spirit and who God is. I've developed um, mantras that I say in the morning, something that the church never taught me, but it's something that I've learned over time. And all of this, I just believe, has been the hand of God on my life that has been a motivating factor to not allow those things to stop me, but to keep me moving forward, even in the times when it's uncomfortable. Yeah, that is that is amazing. That is wonderful. So if you want, would you like to share one of the mantras that works for you? Well, uh, there are quite a few. Um, one of the mantras that I work is um, that I use daily is kind of a long mantra. I'm not sure if you want me to to share the entire thing, um, but okay. I just, just basically um, I just say something along these lines. I have it actually in a in a uh, frame. I just didn't don't have it here in front of me, but uh -huh. um, but it basically says um, this day mm -hmm. I believe in the power of me, mm -hmm. and and I say I believe in the power of me, Jacoby, and the mm -hmm. God who created me to be exactly who I am in the earth this day. Okay. I will walk in the light, the love, the liberty, the power, and the favor of this day, knowing that my faith and my cadence, my step and my rhythm for this day will be maintained in the hand of God. So something of that nature every yeah, day. Powerful. I say it every day. Yeah, because I definitely think those impact, though mantras uh, are definitely affirmate, I, you know, in my own life, I think of like affirmations, you know, things that you write down, because sometimes I've used similar things um, in experiences when I have to present something at work or just when I'm up in the morning after your prayer time. And just something that you want to focus your mind on, intentionality, you know, that you, you're setting your mind, you're setting, as you, I like that word, cadence, you're setting your stride for the day to believe in limitless possibilities in that everything is exactly the way that it's supposed to be and you're exactly who you're supposed to be. So I think that's always, you know, impactful and powerful for your spirit to encourage yourself as well as others, millisecond and millisecond. Yeah. Um, you mentioned, uh, you know, I know in life, um, uh, people experience pain. Um, what lessons did you lean or learn from after experiencing pain? One of the biggest lessons that I learned is that people experience pain differently. Mm -hmm. And so I broadened my horizon. So when it comes to people's reactions to things, one of the things that growing up, I um, found to be I thought it was a trivial thing, but I, I've always been the type of person that questioned a lot of things because I mm -hmm. love to learn. So I want to know different you know, ways of looking at things. And so mm -hmm. growing up, one of the things that was kind of trivial to me in, in the community that I grew up in is if someone saw, saw you do something different, they automatically said it was wrong. Prime okay. example, if someone um, ate a, this prime, let me give an example, if somebody ate frog legs and, okay. and someone thought it was gross, they would be like, ugh, that's disgusting. Well, have you ever tried frog legs? You're well, right. no, I haven't, but just the thought of it. So now you're saying that there's something wrong with this other person eating these frog legs that you've never discovered a taste of, you've right. never tried. So over time, what I've discovered with broadening my own thought process is just because it's different doesn't make it wrong. 
And so over time, as people experience pain, whether they cry out in pain, whether they disconnect from life to Mm -hmm. deal with their pain, it is okay for them to experience their pain the way that they choose to. I've also discovered that it's not always good to give your opinion when someone is experiencing pain. What I mean is just because your dog died doesn't mean that they're going to experience their dog dying the same way that you did. So it's not always prudent to tell your story, although you can say, well, I've experienced such and such. Leave it at that. You don't have to say, well, I cried and I and I got over it in two weeks and I didn't do this or I was strong. No, 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 no. If we are really to be a helper or helper of someone that's experiencing pain, especially in ministry, but not just ministry in Life. friendship, mm-hmm. in relationships, mm-hmm. then we should be able to allow that person to express how they feel in that moment without us, whether we realize it or not, judging them for how they choose to experience their pain. And I just want to always be that open-minded person, that Mm -hmm. open-spirited person to allow them to express or not express. Even if I just have to sit there and be silent and not say anything, people Mm -hmm. sometimes may say that they don't want anyone there, but that's not always the truth. A lot of times they want someone there, but they don't always want you to say anything. Right. So over the course of time, when I experience things with people in pain, I just try to be open to meet them where they are and not overstep it to a situation that will make them uncomfortable to feel that they can't express their pain around me. Yeah, that's that is that is that's a word in itself. <laughs> totally. As far as far as the ability that, you know, sometimes when people are sharing, you don't have to have a counter story or just the ability to sit with someone in silence, whatever they're experiencing and just just be. You know, because there are often many situations we don't necessarily have the power to fix it. And even if you had something, it doesn't change their feeling at the moment. So just holding space for someone is amazing. What's the truth that you were taught or that you know that has set you free? A truth that has set me free, I can always, always say, is learning that I can reach God for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the Bible tells us, and, and I don't want to get real biblical, but I know the Bible tells us about how um, in the Old Testament, the priest had to go in and, mm-hmm. and do the sacrifices for the people. Right. And the New Testament goes and tells us that when Christ died on the cross, that veil was rent. So we are able to reach God for ourselves. Mm-hmm. But in organized religion, a lot of times, although they will quote that scripture from Mm -hmm. time to time they still make it seem as though only the pastor only Mm -hmm. the prophet only the apostle only Mm -hmm. you know someone with a status can reach God in certain levels Mm -hmm. and I think sometimes we hinder people when we don't teach them that they too have the power to reach God for themselves Mm -hmm. so what I have found to be a truth is because my grandmother was a prayer warrior And so for as long as I can remember, I've always known that I can reach God for myself. And so because of that truth, I've been able to grow in that and walk in that and understand that, dissect it, use it, and just just use it as a a valid part of everything that I do. 
because mm -hmm. I don't have to go to the our father who art in heaven. No, no, no. I can talk to God just like I'm having a conversation as we're speaking. Right. And because I've learned that truth for my entire life, I believe it's opened doors for me as far as my spiritual walk that has allowed me to be able to pour into other people to understand what true prayer really is. Yeah. Amen. Amen. What do you see as the best thing you did or doing that God is doing through you? I believe the best thing that I'm doing is being a spiritual voice for the LGBT community. And when I say that, my focus eventually, hopefully once things continue to progress, is to try mm -hmm. to be um, a shoulder to lean on for the transgender community because we have so many people, so many of our sisters that are killed every year, every mm -hmm. year. And True. that is a form of grief that after we have a candle lighting ceremony, after we have tea door, then it's like it's not talked about anymore. But right. that doesn't make the grief go away. True. That doesn't mean that the sisters that were um, with them, that were maybe grew up with them, that were friends with them, that coincided with them in different aspects of life aren't still grieving just because the candlelight vigil is over or just mm -hmm. because, you know, T-Door is over or the memorial right. service is over, right. the balloon release is over, whatever it may be. I want to be able to be there for my community to let them know that even if you don't use the word God, even if you say spirit, if you say ancestors, if you say Yah, if you say Yahweh, whatever the word is that works for you, I want to be able to let them know that that spirit really is still there. That spirit mm -hmm. really is still there with them through the grief. And they, too, have a right to grieve. Right. They, too, walk through life knowing that because humanity hurts sometimes, mm -hmm. that we don't have to cut off our emotions. We don't have to, just because we're trans and we're having to automatically protect ourselves, there are vulnerable times. And when mm -hmm. we lose someone, we are vulnerable as well. And True. spirit is there to help us even in our vulnerability. And we don't always have to fall back to the times that scriptures has been used to beat us down. Right, right. But spirit has been used to beat us down. True. And so that is my goal to eventually reach that point. And I believe that there are small steps that are happening in my life and in the ministry that are helping me to move forward toward that. But that indeed is my biggest goal to to let our, my people know that spirit mm -hmm. and God is still with us, even in those low points. Okay. okay. And is that also ultimately what other what you would want others to gain from your life? Absolutely. I would mm -hmm. want others to know that you never walk this journey alone, mm -hmm. even though it may seem like it a lot. I would mm -hmm. want others to know that just because you're trans, just because you're LGB, whatever you identify as, spirit is still with you. God right. is still with you. The scriptures beating you down is nothing but man-made individual stuff. But just because we experience things in life that may be a little more on a platform that maybe the regular rat race doesn't experience, does right. not negate the fact that spirit is still with us and can help us through whatever we're experiencing in life. Absolutely. True, true. Amen. What advice would you give to future ministry leaders or people in daily life? Be open. Mm -hmm. Be open um, in a lot of ways because a part of um, B2B Born in Battle Ministries is to take God out of the box. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And so when I say be open, I mean be open in all aspects. Be open to receive a person where they are or meet them where they are. Right. Be open to understand that your way is not always just the only way or necessarily the right way. Mm-hmm. Be open to allow people to speak to you their truth. And even if you don't agree with it, but to just accept it and not make it seem as though their truth is wrong, it's just different. So just right. be open. Right. That is wonderful. That is wonderful. Well, that is my last question. I thank you so much for your time and for for being willing to be a guest. Um, One other thing, how can others that will hear and uh, see this podcast get in contact with you? Absolutely. Well, first, I want to say thank you so much for extending the invitation to include me in your faith conversations. It's truly been a joy speaking with you. And I do hope that something was said that will give somebody an opportunity to know that there is hope in the world. There's hope in spirit and there is hope. So in order to reach me, um, of course, the Facebook page, um, Born to Battle Ministries is B2B. Born to Battle Ministries on Facebook. Um, I can also I have an email address It is born the number two battle ministries zero five one nine at gmail.com and those are the easiest ways to get in contact with me or even through facebook messenger for Mm -hmm. more to battle ministries okay well i thank you so much and uh on the audio platform i will put a link for the facebook page and the email address uh, underneath the video so should they want to reach out or start watching the prayer calls they can too Thank you you so much. All right.